Well, all right, hello, and welcome to today's employer advisory session. My name is David Blanchard. I'm the uh, strategic client executive out of One Digital's Mid-Atlantic region. And before we jump in, on behalf of our 2,000 plus employees at One Digital, I just want to let you know how much we truly appreciate the time and the energy that you're investing with us today. These are challenging times for all of us. Uh, we know that your time is at a premium, and we're grateful to have you with us in this conversation. The goal today is to share with you some best practices around open enrollment, which might sound bland and something that you've done over and over again, but this is specifically as how we navigate the new world of COVID and the virtual working environments that we're all in. There are huge opportunities to do this differently and better. Um, so as a company, we believe that one of our most important responsibilities is to help you and your organization navigate these unprecedented times. And we take this responsibility very, very seriously. Uh, we've got an opportunity to alleviate some of the uncertainty for your employees and for your business. So we're excited to talk about this topic today. Just as a housekeeping note in response to your feedback in previous sessions, we are recording all of these sessions so that you and your colleagues can watch them on demand if you miss the live event. And we've accumulated a fairly large repository of these sessions now that are serving as a great resource for our clients. So we're glad to have that and you can access that at any time. So with that said, let's, uh, let's begin our conversation. As we say in the, the title, you know, how do we connect, conduct an open enrollment meeting during a pandemic? And frankly, right there, we'll just take a, a brief moment to pause and say, this isn't just an enrollment meeting. What we want to try to convey today is the opportunity to have an enrollment and education and engagement event. Um, and we want to create some strategy around that and do it in a new and effective way. So as we see with this little um, statistic, virtual enrollment events have increased 1,000% since the beginning of the COVID outbreak. And that may not be that surprising, but it speaks to two specific elements to me. One is that the events are forcing us to go to a technology platform that we may not have tried before. But second, it actually illustrates that we've done this successfully and that people are able and willing to have a conversation or an education session that is uh, new to what they've done in the past. So this is encouraging to what we need to do. And it also means that we may have kind of been doing it wrong for quite a while because people are interested in having their enrollment education done in a more technologically advanced way. One of the questions that we get asked quite often from clients and even uh, competition is, are we really ready to go to a virtual or technologically advanced enrollment and education session? And the lack of technological adoption is, is really a common concern when we talk about this with employers. So let's just think about this for a minute objectively. 82% uh, of all Americans have a smartphone as of 2019. So that's not taking into account people that are out of the workforce or are uh, retired um, or even younger. This is truly the number of smartphone holders compared to the population of the United States, 82% of Americans have a smartphone. So that's a significant percentage, and certainly the minority of our population do not have access to technology like that. So also think about how education in our schools and universities have evolved over the past few months even, and the percentage of virtual education that's being performed today in our, um, in our institutions of learning. 
this certainly implies that the younger generations are able to absorb uh, education in a virtual environment. But we also know that the, those that are teaching those courses are able to absorb in the same way too. So, so what do your employees actually want? That's one thing to, to do at the very beginning is to consider what your employees are looking for in general in their communication, uh, in their communication platforms. Generally, employees are demanding flexible, tailored engagement to feel supported. And a supported employee is a happy employee and is one that actually views their employer as more progressive and supportive in general and a better place to work simply by educating them better in the way that they need to be uh, taught. So we want to meet them where they are. And this is um, determined through studies and surveys and direct feedback from employees that, um, that we all work with. So this is sort of the, the framework of the landscape that we are working within now. COVID is, is certainly important here, but these elements were actually there before COVID. People wanted to have things brought to them in a, uh, in a different way, in a more sort of concierge way for education, engagement, and decision support. Uh, COVID just becomes the catalyst to accelerate these evolutions into the technological platforms just much faster than we were doing before, which is exciting. And um, it also means we need to react quickly because we are not in an optional state now. We're kind of in a mandatory state. So this is a question that I like to really get, delve into. I'm not going to make it too painful, but is open enrollment really about education? Uh, I would argue that open enrollment is about enrollment. And, and it's really hard to... Uh, discern the differences between those two things sometimes, but generally open enrollment, we're just trying to help people pick the right health plan, life insurance plan, dental insurance plan, 401k, uh, that is right for them and for their families. What we do in order to help them make those decisions is try very hard to teach them about all of the aspects of their benefit package, uh, regardless of whether or not it's really viable or possible even to do that effectively. So it's, it's important to think about how our employees and our, our clients and our uh, colleagues are able to absorb the amount of information that we're trying to throw at them in a really compressed period of time. Most open enrollment periods are you know, a week, maybe 10 business days. When you start going beyond that, you really start to lose attention. So you see people having a month long process, but all the action is actually done in the last week or two. So if we're trying to compress educating the entire benefit package in a period of about a week to 10 days, uh, there's, a, there's a maximum amount of absorption that the employees can really handle. So that, that changes the conversation a little bit. Are we really trying to educate everybody or are we really just trying to help them enroll in the right plan for them and then have education and access to information available to them after the fact like a, um, a concierge might have. If you uh, had trouble with your car, you don't need to know about all the aspects of your car the day you buy it. But if something goes wrong, you're going to want to have access to a support network or some sort of um, support system to be able to diagnose and fix the problem that you're encountering at the time. So that's very similar to the, to the open enrollment process and how we want to try to move into this period of technological advancement with a slight change in how we view what we're really trying to do 
in this uh, in this situation. So let's think about this culturally. Culturally, open enrollment becomes an opportunity for employee engagement. I mentioned earlier that the more engaged or the more satisfied employee um, in general about education, it actually becomes a more uh, engaged employee overall. They will they will judge their employer as a better employer than any other employees uh, might might judge the other company. So it's an opportunity for employee engagement that we want to take full advantage of. And how do we begin this process? It's kind of like we were told in elementary school about how to write a paragraph. I want to tell you what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to tell you what I just told you. And so what we want to do is think about communication sort of in that similar linear fashion, but it also in a repetitive fashion. So we want to communicate before we even start communicating. And this is what we would call pre-enrollment. And historically, pre-enrollment was probably an email that the um, HR benefits manager sent around to the entire population saying, okay, guys, open enrollment is going to be from this date to this date. And we're going to have an open enrollment meeting held in the auditorium or in the boardroom or in the, uh, in the kitchen um, on this day at this time for an hour. And don't forget to get your forms back in. So that's great. Uh, it worked. We had people show up to meetings if it was mandatory. The people that were there were not necessarily always mentally there. They were always uh, physically there. But coming from uh, someone with vast experience in open enrollment meetings, we've noticed many people fall asleep and certainly aren't paying attention. They may not have wanted to be there. So the communication before the communication is intended to get people really engaged from the start in what this is going to be. All right, we're going to help you pick a plan. We're going to give you some tools to make that plan, uh, plan choice effectively. And then we're going to support you after the fact. You don't need to learn it all right now. We'll be there to help you in an ongoing basis moving forward. So we want to eliminate the poor particip participation, increase engagement, and meet employees where they are. And really, where they are is online. Even if they're not working from home, employees are on the internet, accessible to technology. Um, really, in, in nine out of 10 times, they can have access to this. And that's where they want to get it. They see it as a place where they can find information readily. They can research more fully. And they can get it done more efficiently than they could have in any other format. It's also kind of private. You think of an open enrollment meeting and having questions um, being asked at the um, presenter. You know, you might want to ask a very personal medical question with all of your coworkers in the cafeteria with you. Sort of the um, the comfort in doing that. It's probably hard to find a great example of a nice, safe uh, situation to ask a question in an old format. But with internet, with chat, with uh, email, it becomes a more anonymous or at least a more secure feeling when asking a personal question about how to pick the right plan during open enrollment. So we wanna really tee that up and explain that we're gonna meet you where you are and we're gonna help you find the right, uh, the right fit for your benefits. So what could this look like? We've um, illustrated a couple examples here in the next couple of slides, 
The first is really interesting. It's a digital postcard. We actually have vendors that can do a paper postcard and do uh, snail mail distribution of this information. But a digital postcard is interesting. It's basically uh, an advertisement or a save the date kind of mentality around sending a, um, a benefits message about open enrollment to the population so that they can get ready for the uh, events to come. It's custom branded. It's going to have links in, in it so that you can uh, dig deeper. It might have videos. We see it with videos from vendors and from insurance companies, but also from leadership within the organization. Um, it's a great teaser for the upcoming events. And we'll even talk about upcoming um, benefits fairs and involving that as well. The timing for something like this is usually about two weeks prior to open enrollment. Sometimes we see it a little bit earlier, but too much earlier than two or three weeks ahead of open enrollment starting, people forget about it. So we'd, you'd send it again in that case if you were to send it out a little early. The digital postcard is a neat new evolution. It's been around for a few years, but people have not leveraged it fully until recently with COVID. Similarly, education pieces sent out ahead of time can be really helpful to try to reduce the burden of education that's being done during the actual open enrollment season. So if you send out some flyers, some creative um, emails, general posters, um, some links to carrier information, uh, a lot of people will put out glossary of insurance terms ahead of time. That allows those who are interested to, to do their own homework prior to open enrollment and prior to making a decision that's important for them and their family. Sending it electronically is going to, I'm going to harp on this, but you can get other people involved in the conversation. You send it in the mail, uh, one person probably opens the mail, they may or may not keep it and may or may not throw it away. With the technology aspect, you can share it, you can reaccess it. If you delete it, you can get it again. Um, there's usually uh, a different person in the household that wants to have some sort of engagement in the decision for this. So we want to try to have education for all members of the family. The uh, flyers can certainly be printed. They can certainly be posters that can be put up in a common area in an office setting, but so many of us do not have physical offices to go to these days because of the COVID restrictions. Uh, we want to just be as creative as possible in what we're sending home via email or an intranet or some other electronic method. So now we finally get to open enrollment. Um, I want to take a, a minute here just to mention that this is really not something that we should think of as a temporary change because of COVID. As I said earlier, COVID has accelerated the need for this, but it's really an opportunity to embrace this new paradigm of, of virtual working, virtual access to education, tools that we've had for a long time but have not really leveraged. Um, it's not something that's going to go away. Everyone is now used to working sort of at least in some new way, whether it's from home or remotely in some other format, um, they're not going to want to go back to having to come together in a kitchen to have an open enrollment meeting. So this is a great year to make a change, and it's likely to be that different new world moving forward. So we want to offer education. We want to offer decision support, and we really want to not forget to offer some sort of path for questions. So this is a, a venue, it might be a um, call center, it might be a chat feature, it could just be an email box, some way for people to ask questions throughout open enrollment uh, that goes hand in hand with the education decision support. If they're not physically in the room, 
with you or physically walking down the hall to ask you this question. They need to be able to get a question to people who know the answer, whether it's the uh, benefit consultant or the HR leader or benefits manager or something like that. Um, we need to be able to, to support them with their questions. So if we do this correctly, we feel like the open enrollment season becomes an experience, not just an event. And so often in years past, the open enrollment sessions have been an event. It's been a day or two. It's been a flurry of activity. It's been crazy to try and track down paperwork. And then it's done and we exhale and we forget about it until next year. Ideally, this can be part of your cultural communication experience. And it's a great way to kick off a new way of communicating and, and working with your employee population in a thoughtful and more customized way for the needs that they might have. So again, it's, it's, not, it's not going away. We are, we're definitely looking at a new way of enrolling and educating and helping with decisions for um, the annual renewal of our benefit plans. So how do we actually present? Generally, it's gonna be a virtual presentation and there are countless ways of achieving this. Um, it could be done with an open enrollment video or webinar. Uh, if it is a live webinar, you have to record it. The, the key to this kind of environment is, yes, it's accessible in many locations, but it also needs to be accessible 24-7. So this means we've got to record it. We need to store it somewhere. We need to put it somewhere that's easy to find. We need to distribute it so that people that weren't able to attend the live video session are able to access that information and watch it on their own terms. That also means inherently that their spouses can watch it as well. So they may not have been able to attend um, sessions in the past physically. They couldn't come to the office and sit through the open enrollment session. But if we're recording this webinar, then we can do it one time. We can distribute it to the entire workforce and they can share it with their spouses or, or family members at home that they need to share it with. So it becomes this exponentially more impactful message. And it's a consistent message every time. Even the best presenters in an open enrollment, physical open enrollment traditional setting would say something different in each message, in each session. And um, sometimes that, that was not a big deal and sometimes it was substantial. So we wanna make sure we have a consistent, accurate message every time and a virtual webinar or a recorded uh, video can do that. Also, if something changes, we can update that and, and edit it essentially like a production video. And we can make an adjustment to the system and so everybody can see the edited version and we don't have to pull things out of circulation and put them back. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good way to make changes. Most of the tools and, and um, partners that provide services like this also have some really helpful reporting that will allow us to track the engagement all the way down to the individual level. If we want to make sure that every email address um, at least opened the system and went through the videos and watched all the videos, we can tell if John Doe didn't do that. And we can ask them why, or we can engage with them in a different format to see if we can help with that. We've listed a couple vendors here, Brainshark, Blimp, uh, Zoom, of course. There are many, many others that, that fill this, um, this need, but a virtual open enrollment presentation, again, it needs to be accessible 24 seven. 
you do need to have some vehicle for getting questions. So if it's pre-recorded and it seems like it's live to the participant, but it doesn't actually have a live chat situation, uh, you want to be able to collect questions and answer them after the fact, at least in some other format. So it's a, it's a key tool. It's really easy. Um, and it's something that we can do a lot more readily than we could do in the past, um, even with a um, even with an in-person situation. So what else do we need to do in an open enrollment? We want to help them with decision support. There is a lot of education that we can we can share with an employee, but if they don't understand and if they don't want to or they're not able to really learn all the intricacies of the plans that they're considering and the the how they weigh the options a b c d whatever um, decision support technology has come a long way these systems are very uh, robust and complicated algorithms bordering on artificial intelligence that allows for a user to put in some basic information about their preferences their uh, their needs and their situations and it will actually direct them to one insurance plan over another so we've included a couple examples here. Um, Alex and Jellyvision are at the top. There's a company called Pickwell here in the middle. Uh, Flimp also has another module at the bottom. There, there are many others that have a similar design where they're going to show you a value or a total cost estimate based on your past utilization history or, or how you use medical insurance um, these, these tools are really interesting, and depending on how easy they are to use, you're going to have more or less um, usage of those tools. So we see Alex and Jelly Vision being very popular because this little emoji uh, avatar comes along with it and is customized to the employer's uh, plan options. It kind of walks you through kind of like a person might have a conversation with you, and it helps someone pick from one plan versus another. So it makes it more approachable. It makes it um, mathematically objective, but it also feels like it's being subjective in how it's considering the options that the employee has. So decision support options are not mandatory to have a successful open enrollment by any means, but it is a nice enhancement for the, um, for the systems that you're considering and sort of for that employee engagement that we want to achieve. Virtual benefit fairs are another interesting evolution in the market. These have been available for quite some time, but generally no one has used them. I don't want to say no one, but very few people have actually used these systems with the exception of a few uh, virtual conferences and things like that. You know, if you recall, many employers would have a benefit fair or a health fair where they would have, you know, multiple, multiple vendors in a large room with their table and their chairs and their tablecloths and their uh, free pens and post-it notes and squishy toys. And they would be there for a couple days. The intention was for employees to go around and learn about the benefits, have conversations with the vendors, have uh, deep engagement and have access sort of straight from the horse's mouth with any questions that they might have. The end result is this, type of traditional benefit fair was really not very effective. It was, it was not a good use of employee time, it wasn't a great use of the vendor time, um, and there wasn't a lot of increase in employee engagement or understanding of the benefits. 
the majority of the population that rotated through these rooms truly had a grocery bag that they wanted to fill with fun goodies. And that's a nice cultural thing to do, but it's not necessarily increasing the, um, the amount of education and understanding that the employee base has in their benefit package. Interestingly, a virtual benefit fair can be a lot more effective. It's kind of the same thing, but you have a virtual room with virtual tables. And if you click on one of the vendors, you'll get a video, probably a chat or some sort of question and answer feature um, where you can learn in depth about that program sort of at your at your discretion, it can be at your timetable. It doesn't have to be within the window of time. You don't have to physically go anywhere to go to this fair. You're at home uh, or at your office learning, and uh, you can learn about the elements that you want to learn about. And you can increase the number of vendors that you would have in a virtual benefit fair beyond what you might have had at a physical benefit fair simply by the nature of the technology. So this is a really interesting, um, almost like a conference about benefits so that you can have a custom experience for your employees based on their specific needs. And you could even have a different fair for different classes of employees if they're not Certain classes are not eligible for all the same benefits. They could access the benefit fair that's relevant just to them. So it's, a, it's another way of having an engagement with your employees in a uh, technologically advanced but very accessible, easy-to-use format. Uh, we've highlighted a couple vendors on this slide. One is called 124. Uh, BrainShark has a feature for that. Airbo is an interesting vendor that has one that's kind of like a bunch of different tiles or apps that you would click on instead of a, a virtual tabletop. Uh, Flimp does one also, but again, these these are all kind of the, the same mentality of a virtual benefit fair being a replacement for um, a fairly tired mechanism of trying to get engagement and support of the employee base through um, through uh, through a number of vendors in one place. The video library, so this is um, very accessible as well. We have a huge array of fairly generic um, videos and cartoon type of um, media formats that would explain the difference between an HMO and a PPO and a POS or what is an HSA or what do I use my FSA dollars for? And if you can have this in addition to your recorded benefit meetings and access to that virtual benefit fair, some of the flyers that you might have emailed around earlier or the pre-renewal, pre-open enrollment session, all of a sudden you have a really robust video library to allow those that need to learn the ability to learn. So they can go on their own time, their spouse could go, they could go and look at the on-demand video library and they can learn at their own pace, at their own time. Um, it's sort of about the subject matter that they care about the most. It's easy to do. It doesn't require a lot of time on behalf of the um, employer or the benefit consultant to compile something like this, but the uh, information is there for everyone to use. Really, because you can't possibly learn all the things we really want them to learn in the period of an open enrollment meeting, um, they want to do some more research. They can do that in a library like this. It allows them to have open enrollment and decision support during open enrollment education, but it also is available on demand throughout the year. So if they had a question about HSAs later, 
then they can go into that video library and learn more at that time. So having an, an on-demand video library is a, a really nice way to supplement the open enrollment experience and to not feel burdened by having to uh, offer all the education in one hour-long meeting. Benefit guides are a similar tool. Benefit guides we use very consistently in the industry as a way to try to summarize all your benefits in one document. This document could have been anywhere from two pages to 25, 30 pages long. Um, it's, it's quite robust, but as soon as they're printed, they're basically out of date. Something will have changed. There might have been an error. Something's happened that the printed benefit guide is not necessarily the best way to go. The other aspect of that is the, st the statistics show that almost 80% of benefit guides end up in the garbage can within 12 hours of handing them out. So it's a huge waste of resources and, and money, frankly, when you have uh, benefit guides ending up in the garbage. So let's do an open enrollment electronic benefit guide instead. It may not be necessary depending on the decision support tools that you have and the library that you've already created in the other steps. But if you wanted to, um, you can certainly have an electronic benefit guide that feels like a consistent, um, consolidated method of, of explaining your, your benefits to your employees. The best way to do this is at least do it as a PDF, but there are some video, uh, vendors that convert this into like a flip book where you click and the page turns electronically and it has live links for you to go further if you wanted to go see a video of an HSA, when it's when you're talking about the HSA benefit, then you can click on that. If you have a question about a carrier, you can click on the carrier link and it will take you out to the carrier's information and go from there. So having that kind of embedded link, embedded videos, um, creative marketing and design is really nice. And again, it's updatable on demand, so you don't have to pull something out of circulation, pray that someone is not reading the wrong version of the program or of the benefits, and that they are actually learning from the correct booklet, um, a, an electronic benefit guide and a flip book type of um, design is a good way to go. So finally, what comes next? We've basically done open enrollment, right? We have had our pre-renewal, pre-open enrollment meeting. We've had our open enrollment video webinar. We've recorded it and put it into the library. We've supported our employees with a different level of engagement a different level of access to information for them to view on their own. Um, what about the actual enrollment itself? We're actually not even gonna spend much time on this today, but of course we all know that there are electronic benefit administration platforms out there. There are truly just dozens and dozens of potential vendors out there at different levels, different creative designs, different price points. But if you're doing open enrollment differently, you can still do your enrollment itself in basically any other way. You can have paper go out to your teams. You can use your online bin admin system. Uh, we have employers using our call center to enroll uh, quite often so that they can have a human-to-human -human interaction, even though they've done training in a more technological way. So regardless of the method of communication and the engagement that you've taken on with your staff, um, the enrollment doesn't necessarily have to change yet. We can do that at some other time, or at least it can change independently of each other. We do want to try and suggest that you would want to track your data. If you can judge or, or observe how people are acting differently, then that's going to help us in the future identify different and better paths to 
educate and engage further. Um, and so we want to understand who's engaging in what vehicle, who's spending more time on certain videos and certain websites, who's spending a little bit more time with a more traditional design, who has or has not viewed the open enrollment webinar or video. And that'll help us understand demographically or by division or by any number of things why people make different decisions and how we want to reinvest in things in the future. We also want to make sure we're providing ongoing support. I've mentioned this a couple of times, but um, we want to try and get away from the one and done mentality of open enrollment, where we try to educate, get them enrolled in a plan, and then never talk to them again. This allows them to have a more long-standing relationship with their benefit consultant, their benefits manager, their benefits expert, so that they can learn enough to make a good, solid, safe decision for their family at the beginning. And then if they have questions throughout, they have a concierge or some other support system to allow them to learn and get access to support as they move forward. So again, the result is this more engaged, a happier workforce, less administrative burden for the employer and for the employee. They can go and, and engage in this on their own time, or at least at their own in their own format. It does seem like it might be more work for an HR or benefits team, but it actually is less because we're not uh, wasting time in mechanisms that don't um, don't really work. So it seems like it could be harder, but Interestingly enough, it is actually easier as long as you have the right partner to help work you through this. And, and a communication strategy session is uh, an easy enough thing to arrange with your benefit consultant and your specialist at One Digital so that you can learn about your options and how best to move forward with this. So that's kind of the, the core of the content today. I'm going to um, look through this a little bit more. It looks like we actually have gotten quite a few questions submitted through the chat feature. Uh, our team has been going through these. I'm looking at their responses. Um, okay, we've got a few trends with the questions, so I'll just take a little bit of time to respond to some of these questions now. Okay, great. So first question is about cost. I mean, how much do these systems and these concepts cost? And of course, sorry to say the answer, it depends. Um, we can have a really robust program that goes from the pre-open enrollment into open enrollment technology, uh, different ways of having libraries and videos and repositories. We can do all that stuff for free. Um, we can also go deeper and, and add a little bit more technology here and there, and it will add some cost. Generally, the cost features are going to come in that decision support category where we have vendors like um, Jellyvision and others that do have a cost associated with them. We at One Digital have negotiated significantly discounted costs from the uh, traditional street price of those of those technologies. So we do get them at a discount, but we can go from sort of a, a low, medium to high degree of complexity. And that goes from sort of a zero to um, a discounted price point that is not, not free, but it's not um, as much as you might pay independent of One Digital. Okay, timelines. Yeah, great question. When should you start something like this? We actually suggest that you start talking about your open enrollment communication at the time that you would start your annual sort of strategic planning, the month or two after your renewal has completed. Let's talk about what we want to do over the next six to 12 months, including how do we want to do open enrollment next year? and How do we want to do um, employee engagement throughout the year 
What do we want to do differently? We want to start that as early as possible. That being said, we are now in the month of September in 2020, and um, we have a lot of action going around to try to get people enrolled in their benefits for, for January 2021. There's a lot that can still be accomplished in this new mentality with online enrollment videos, um, great opportunity to just convert to a webinar or recorded session. We can add some good marketing materials to help emphasize the opportunity for your employees and engage with them differently that way. Uh, So it is not out of the question that we can make a change to your benefit open enrollment period this year. But, you know, we want to get started out anywhere from sort of three to six months ahead of your open enrollment sessions. Uh, can this information be used with new hires? Yes, of course. You want to have a, a few tweaks about how you state dates and times and things, but generally that's a benefit of this technology. If we go with the technology, we now have a platform to have a message that's consistent and accurate for new hires as well as open enrollment um, education and, and decision support. So that's a great, uh, great methodology there. It actually allows you to even have some of these tools available to potential hires so that you can share with them ahead of time how your benefits are designed and how employees view your benefits as um, you know part of their overall compensation that allows for them to make a decision whether or not they want to come work with you or not. So we see that used certainly at open enrollment, but even with new hires and, and sort of the pre-hire situation too. Um, okay, so all right. <laughs> What about those people that truly can't handle technology? I will admit there are certainly some people that are not capable of adopting a new technology mentality. There are many reasons for this, but there are great examples with almost every employer of somebody or some group that is is not going to be able to use or take advantage of all the technology that's available that we've been talking about today. My advice is you need to treat them as the exception to the rule, not, you know, not the rule itself. I think too often we have changed our open enrollment and employee engagement and communication mentality in general to fit the lowest common denominator of, um, of adopters. And we just can't afford to do that anymore with over 80%, 85% of the population having access with, to a smartphone, everybody doing their kids' education online now, we need to assume that everyone can or should have access to some technology somewhere to be able to leverage the tools that we're going to provide. And again, treat the ones that can't as the exception to the rule, not the other way around. There's too many benefits to going with a new mentality around technology and open enrollment. That's really exciting. So we don't want to, we don't want to lose that momentum with a few, um, a few exceptions here and there. Um, Okay, that's all the questions I'm seeing. I just, uh, you know, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, We hope that uh, we've been able to provide some actionable advice. And and remember, just connect with your One Digital Consultant who can help put some of this uh, into action for you and and work with you on how it fits with your organization the best. Um, You know, we've, we've talked about every employer advisory session being available on demand. So be sure to visit the employer advisory page regularly and you'll be able to see anything that's been updated there. Um, Yeah, and you can view the latest sessions about the coronavirus situations for you and your colleagues uh, proactively when you're developing business planning strategies. So I appreciate your time. Stay healthy, stay connected with your family and friends and coworkers, 
and we will see you next time. Thank you.